Hi guys and welcome back for episode 15, the post-election episode. Mark, how are you going? I'm good. I'm, I'm very tired. I think I'm overwhelmed by watching um, Joe Biden's victory speech just now. We quite literally finished watching his uh, speech 30 seconds ago. Yeah. Came straight into the room with yeah. our glasses of sparkling. Yeah. How are you feeling after this week? Do you know what? I've been addicted to CNN's mm-hmm. app. They've, they've removed the paywall. Um, so I've been addicted to watching it. How Whatever. generous, CNN. Thank you. Um, at the gym, uh, everywhere I'm going, I'm constantly flicking on CNN. And instead of listening to music at the gym, I've been live streaming politics, <laughs> which uh, is quite bizarre, I guess. But um, I, I, I kind of always thought that was sort of normal. But um, someone actually came up to me at the gym and said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm listening to the US election coverage. And they said, huh, yeah, right, okay. Good for you. And they sort of just moved on. And I thought, oh, maybe that isn't that normal. <laughs> But I mean, do they know what's going on? Not sure. No. So Um, it feels like Tuesday has lasted an entire week. Well, technically, it was our Wednesday. Yes. The uh, sort of polling all started, well, counting uh, the votes all started in America on Tuesday, which was our Wednesday. Mm. And obviously, it's been a really drawn out process given because of COVID, there's been so many mail in ballots that. The usual fanfare starts up within 24 hours of, you know, uh, votes being counted. But because of COVID, it was super delayed. It was. And it was anxiety inducing. It was, especially when there was a scene from Maricopa County, which is in Arizona, which Mm. of course was crucial. And uh, there's a CNN reporter there who was tweeting um, footage of, uh, Trump supporters surrounding the election count mm-hmm. centre mm-hmm. and some of them were armed and it was sort of like, where is this going to go? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, look, nothing happened, thankfully, but of course, playing into this rhetoric by Donald Trump, which we've seen on Twitter constantly has his posts banned or disputed or um, took four years to get down. there. Yeah, it did. It but did. thanks, Twitter. Yeah. Thanks for stepping up at the last yeah, minute. <laughs> I mean, they only really have one major client at the moment to sort of monitor, really, <laughs> for true. bad uh, yeah, things yeah. that are being with, said. With a pretty decent reach. Mm, yeah. 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 So, um, so that was quite interesting. I thought, oh, this isn't going to go too well. Um, and I thought it was interesting how, um, you know, in some states, Donald Trump wanted the count to be to continue. But then others, he said, stop the count. Mm-hmm. And we saw people chanting, Trump supporters, stop the count. I mean, in what democratically functioning society yeah. is it okay to say, no, 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 stop now. We're good. We've yeah. got all the votes we need. Yeah. But, oh, wait, hold on. Continue counting there. It was just the most bizarre thing. It was like watching. And again, there's so many memes on Twitter and mm. Instagram, but... You know, like a child with blocks chucking a tantrum. Mm. That's really what his behaviour has been. And it it's was bizarre. the last four years encapsulated in a few days. And just... we can see that there's been this tide that's turned away from, you know, not only uh, tolerating his behaviour, uh, but f- people encouraging it to now just this absolute intolerance of his tantrums, mm. even from a social media perspective, yeah. they are blocking so many of his tweets, which are just riddled with misinformation and propaganda. Mm. Um, but it was really frightening on Wednesday when obviously the first round of votes were being counted and it looked like a very, very red uh, wave was uh, progressing mm. across the US. 
and I was trying to pay attention to the pundits on CNN, ABC News in America, uh, MSNBC, because you could see some of the commentators were just... Not Fox News? No, doll. Funnily enough, not mm, Fox News. Thought I'd try to access a, an outlet that might have a bit more of like a, you know, truthful uh, approach to yeah. news. Uh, and a lot of the commentators looked shell-shocked, like 2016 all over again, because mm. obviously the polls were indicating that Biden would win. And initially on Wednesday, our time, Tuesday for America, it didn't look that way. No. But so many of like the career politician advisors were saying... Hold the phone. This is going to be a long process. We're waiting for mail-in ballots. This is an election like we've never seen before because Mm. people have had to vote in such a novice way with COVID. So just hold the phone. And I was holding so fast to that. And then obviously our time zone, we would wake up and there would be this huge new influx of information, which was, yes, it's starting to turn. The mail-in ballots are being counted and all of these states started to turn blue. Yeah, And it was like, okay, now we can breathe. But it was still incredibly anxiety-inducing. Yeah, and also it is. it was still close. I mean, you know, um, Biden got 74 million votes, Trump 70 mm-hmm. million votes. So And the gr- biggest turnout in, you know, uh, election history as yeah. far as the number of the population who actually turned out to vote. Yeah, but I think it's interesting to see um, just how close it was regardless. And, and again, it just feeds into that narrative we keep hearing that the United States is so divided mm-hmm. and it still is. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest task will be trying to, you know, lessen that division. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it can be done because there has been so much damage, you know, created and really divided. And also people feeling like they can't actually participate in democracy mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, if they are voting Trump, they can't even talk about it with being attacked by a Democrat or if they are voting Democrat being attacked by a Republican. Mm. So I think um, it'll be interesting to see um, not only, you know, we've seen democracy play out and fairly, but to see it continue down the track and to see whether or not people think there can be healthy debate from Mm. both sides going forward still, because uh, again, and Joe Biden said this in his victory speech today, Um, You know, he won't be looking at red or blue states. It'll just be the United States of America. Mm. And um, because, you know, we we know in a healthy democracy too, you do need both sides. Yeah, you you need healthy discourse. Exactly. But it's got to be productive. Yeah. And I think as well, there are obviously a lot of Republicans who don't agree with Donald Trump's rhetoric. So this isn't, you could argue maybe it's not even about Republicans, it's actually just Absolutely. about Donald Trump's yeah. own version of what he claims is, you know, the views that align with being a Republican. Well, it does seem like the Republican Party has been replaced by Trumpism because mm. there's so many stalls. Yeah. We even look at the Lincoln Project, right? Who raised, I'm throwing out a ballpark here, but I think it was $63 million during Biden's campaign to oust Trump and they are stalwart Republicans. Mm. Uh, We know that there's been a lot of, you know, even Mitt Romney has been very, very vocal even from 2016 in opposition of Trump and a lot of his policies. So hopefully this brings a little bit of balance not only back to American democracy but to the Republican Party. Mm. I think there's a lot of people who've abandoned that party because they don't see, uh, you know, the qualities and the, the values that they would usually ascribe to it's just been kind of decimated as a party it has yeah. turned into a cult of personality and almost it feels like um we don't even hear anything from republicans at the moment mm-hmm. so it's sort of gone to ground in a way um and maybe because they're waiting for 
maybe they're waiting for the Trumpism to sort of dissipate mm-hmm. and, and then they can come back with a proper message and one that is not centred around hatred or, or division. But I think what's also interesting, you know, um, throughout the Black Lives Matter protests and particularly in Philadelphia, um, when we saw one of many protests recently over a death of a black man there being shot by a police officer, um, I think that that is really interesting to watch in terms of uh, how Trump would always say that um, when you know protests would kick off that this is a Democrat state, this is anarchy, mm-hmm. and we don't like this, and so alienating whole states and, and Joe Biden seems to say, well, that's not how we're doing this. We need to work with everyone together, which I think, um, you know, are words we've probably longed to hear for a very long time. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Trump clearly not conceding his loss and, and, and victory to, to Biden? Well, I don't think we'll ever have a conceding speech from no. him. Um, <laughs> I think he has until January 21, I think, sometime in January to leave yeah. the, the White day, House. The day after Biden moves in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and he, you know, uh, we saw apparently there's something going around on Twitter where he was playing golf when this announcement was happening and you can actually see his face mm-hmm. and he doesn't look very happy. He doesn't and, look thrilled. No. I mean, he never looks that jubilant. No, he no, he doesn't. He looks particularly disheartened. No. So it will be interesting to see what happens in the next few days in terms of where Trump goes from here. I'm not expecting a speech where he can see his defeat, but, um, but also whether or not what he does with his supporters, will he call on them to do Just anything? Just excuse Lola scratching in her it's litter. A cat <laughs> scratching in her litter. As we're talking about Trump. What yeah. a coincidence, Lola. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be... Um, It'll be something to watch. I, I, I'm kind of nervous about what will happen over the next few days. Um, we haven't seen any violence yet in terms of the Trump supporters just sort of disappeared as soon as this uh, announcement That has happened. been the reporting. Obviously, there's been an awful lot of celebration taking place around the US. People showing up, you know, partying in the streets of New York and particularly more democratic parts of the country. And apparently where there were Trump supporters, you know, lining the streets and holding their signs, they kind of packed up and went home. Lola's making a point. They are they aren't they aren't the um they aren't the supporters rallying the streets. No. They're the that's the cat. That's the scratching of Lola as she She's uh, finished. Expresses her opinion. Thanks, Lola. Um, but that has been the reporting, whereas I think there was a lot of fear from a lot of people that this would incite uh, not just, you know, rioting protests, but obviously there's been a lot of armed uh, Trump supporters who have been showing up even to uh, places where people are polling, mm. right, to polling places. Mm. So that was a message that was being sent. And, you know, there were quite a few interviews, which I spoke about in our last podcast whereby Trump supporters were saying, yes, we are prepared to take to the streets should he lose. And take arms. Yeah, but I think that I think that there's been, I, I think in part the drawn out process of the last week has probably taken a lot of the wind out of the sails of people who would have maybe initially do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just been such an exhausting process that they're probably like hey, we all just need a nap Mm. Let's log off Twitter. Like yeah. I went and bought a puzzle yesterday. Yeah. I bought a puzzle. I brought bought a cross stitch. Have I ever cross stitched in my life? No. 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 No time to start like a harrowing US election. So I can imagine those people who felt really G'd up mm. a few days ago probably need about as much of a nap as I do. And I'm on the other side of the planet. Mm. 
Right? Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. I think all those um, anchors on CNN who have literally, I'll go to bed and see them and then I wake up and they're the same people and they talk for hours. And they look just a little bit more dead behind yeah. the eyes. Yeah, I wonder how much coffee and everything else you have to meth. have to stay awake. Yeah, <laughs> meth. God. I'm, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. It's they're all about the going, numbers. I know. Um, there is the uh, the reporting coming from, you know, aides within the Trump administration that he has voiced that it will take forced removal mm. from the White House, which mm. if that does happen, I hope it doesn't. But if it does, it has to be televised. I have yeah. to say that. Yeah. Yeah, that will be the money shot. I think all the media will be um, trying to... Like secretly, fingers crossed that exactly. that's the outcome. Um, I mean, one of the one of the things that I thought was really nice that I saw this morning on Twitter when this first happened um, was something we don't see very often of politicians is their sort of raw human side. Yes, and sort of like you know we see that with Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand. Um, Prime Minister a lot on Twitter Universally love Jacinda yeah. Ardern yeah, And yeah. she's always on uh, Facebook with her wet hair From the shower and mm. talking about What Can she's relate. done that day yeah. And um, so I mean th- And that's why people love her And so I thought it was interesting this morning When um, Kamala Harris The new first female Vice President of the United first States First female, black Yeah woman of colour yeah. Yeah. And um and there's a video on Twitter circulating of her in her Nike sweatshop shirt, um, wearing <laughs> slip of the tongue wearing, wet sh- sweatshop, <laughs> wearing um, wearing you know just sunglasses hair and back. hair pulled back, messy, and she's on the phone, uh, and she sort of Off says for a trot in the morning, exactly, yeah. and she's just saying you know um, you know you did it, we did it. So that laugh there, um, where she sort of laughs awkwardly at the end, it's sort of like, oh, God, now the work actually starts. You know, it's like, oh, God, here we go. And there is so much work to do, which I really appreciated in um, Joe Biden's speech was that he got to the specifics of what their immediate plan is. And his first point was exactly well, it was it was a more general message about unity and about Mm. healing but that he specifically referred to the task force that he'll be assembling uh, for the transition in terms of how they're going to approach uh, getting a handle on COVID because yesterday there were 126,000 new cases in the US, which is Mm. not only the highest number in the US, but globally in terms of new cases. And we're now up to in excess of 230,000 deaths in Mm. the US. And so there's a very clear and intentional plan of how they're going to come into office. And I think we are all just keeping our fingers crossed until January 20 that there can't be too much damage done between now and when they actually take office. I think it will be interesting to see what the plan is with COVID over Mm -hmm. there. I mean, you know, Biden has previously spoken about wearing masks, but we know that um, the implementation of mandatory masks doesn't really wash well with everyone. Mm -hmm. I know in Melbourne we saw protesters you know, against wearing masks. And we're a fairly agreeable population yeah. as far as like, okay, all right, if we've got to do it in the short term, whatever. But to get 320 million Americans yes. to wear masks, I wonder how that will go. Mm. Um, and I also, yeah, I, I will be interested to see what they do with travel yes. and um, whether and there will an be... Econ- a- an economical standpoint that, you know, we saw in, in Melbourne mm. uh, with far smaller cases uh, mm. popping up 
comparatively relative to America and the fact that they went into a full on months long lockdown uh, to get that under control. Yeah. What is it going to take in the US? It's like putting toothpaste back in the tube. It is. Yeah. And, um, and also you're still allowed to fly internally in the US. Mm. You can fly overseas still. So it's really, I mean, how many people do we have in Australia? Do you want me to Google it? <laughs> Guys, we come at you with so much knowledge that we have to Google things mid-podcast. Australian population. I think it's 20. I think it's around that. 24.99 million. Yeah, so there you go. I yeah. was close. Yeah, by five. Mm. And, um, <laughs> and that was in 2018, so, that's so it's probably such a, higher. That's such a small fraction compared to the Completely. US. Completely. Like I'm looking at this and there's 39.46 million people in California mm. alone. Mm. It's like its own country. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. I would like to know what's going to happen with gun control in the United States. Yeah. I mean, because we saw that Obama couldn't really do anything about it. Mm. Um, Trump it's such certainly. a touchy subject in America. Mm. I think that probably from a... Um, policy standpoint what people are more interested in is uh a clamp down on police brutality mm. which they've been very clear about kamala harris and joe biden both referred very specifically to their intentions around that in their victory speech that we just watched uh and that's obviously as far as the events this year mm. that we've seen obviously with the death of george floyd and you know the civil rights protests which have been popping up uh, for the majority of this year that that's really where their attention needs to be and I yeah. know that they have plans to implement uh, legislation which really makes very clear how police can interact with uh, potential perpetrators including mm. uh, not allowing chokeholds which you know uh, is how George Floyd died it's also how Eric Garner died another high profile death of a black man in America uh, so I think that as far as what they're aiming for that's their target at the moment um i think um on that note as well is that camilla harris has quite a extensive background in the criminal justice system so um and she's a lot of knowledge yeah Yeah. she has a lot of knowledge in that she was a top prosecutor Mm -hmm. i think and um and so um it'll be interesting to see her role in and her experience transform into potential policy around you know how police you know interact with anyone in the united states yeah and i don't think that we can understate how significant it is to see a woman in that role and Mm. particularly a woman of color what that means for all those you know i remember when hillary lost in 2016 how i mean for so many reasons as a woman looking on to see this highly highly qualified capable woman lose to a reality tv star Mm. and someone who's actually not a terribly successful businessman which is his whole calling card and why he was apparently gonna you know but then such a fabulous president but his following really is the working class most of his following is the working class Donald Trump. Well, that is a great irony. It is. Yeah. It is because he's someone who has had uh, Profited so much from, yeah. And had everything put on a silver platter for yes. him. When his businesses have folded, his family's come, he's, I think his father has come in to save him at times yes. when he was younger. And so um, it's really bizarre that he 
attracted so many. Well, especially like I remember in 2016 when Hillary lost, I remember leaving work and mm. going and buying a bottle of red wine and sitting and watching all the commentators essentially just have an existential crisis on camera and very much feeling the effect of that, especially as a young woman watching on and thinking, wow, you can be the most qualified, you can be the smartest in the room, the most equipped, the most prepared, and because you don't have a penis, you don't win. Uh, so to see Kamala Harris now taking office as the vice president mm. and seeing her in that victory speech, you and I both said, Amazing. this woman is going to be president one day. Yeah. Uh, and that would be an extraordinary thing after 2016 to see not only a woman, but a woman of color mm. potentially on the road to becoming the president. Yeah, and I think that'll be the next sort of milestone in the US because mm. obviously we had our first black president yes. with Obama and, um, you know, it was a shame. I think a lot of people were sad when Hillary Clinton didn't quite make it because... It's what it represented mm. and I think, you know, this has been quite emotional. I thought that, you know, I'd have to hand over this episode to you because I've been quite emotional about mm. it this week and particularly this morning. For us in Australia, we woke up to the news, you know, a couple of hours before it came out that it had been declared that uh, President, uh, oh, well, President-elect Joe mm. Biden, it had been uh, confirmed that he would be taking office in January. And it was sort of like taking a breath for the first time in four years mm. because what the Trump presidency and the fact that he, you know, won over Hillary back in 2016, it's so much about what it said about what we think about women, what we think about minorities, what we think about the more vulnerable parts of our population, not just in America, but on a global scale, mm. uh, that somebody like that who represents those values could be in the most powerful position in the world. Um, I genuinely don't know how I would have reacted if he'd got back in. I really don't. No, I really don't. I sort of kind of thought of it like, well, if um, Biden gets in, then there might be civil war, which is bad. Yeah. Um, be between, you know, the Trump um, army and the Democrats. Um, and Trump's given it a good nudge. Well, exactly. He's been trying to incite reactions and violence. But then and it with hasn't Biden, worked. so, and then I thought if Trump gets in again then maybe there won't be that violence on the streets per se in the United States. But what does that mean for China and Australia in mm -hmm. particular? Of course, China's now banned exports, Australian exports. You know, there's a trade war going on there. Um, but Australia is generally and historically more connected with the United States. And if push came to shove, Australia would expect the United States to support them militarily mm -hmm. and therefore... China's not that far from Australia. So, you know, Australia's putting But Trump's that... whole calling card is America first. Mm, exactly. So they've incited all of these issues well, globally and would, by his own declaration, wouldn't step in for anyone. Exactly. So I think... Unless um, it was Putin. I think in a way, yeah, I think in a way, um, you know, the world sort of dodged a bullet there. Hopefully yeah. Biden can repair... And I know, think that if Trump had won, there would be more violence on the streets right mm. now than with Biden winning. Yeah. I think that especially with the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, the protests that we've seen this year, I think it would have been an absolute uh, meltdown mm. from yeah. the Democratic side. Yeah, Like how can we withstand another four years of this? It feels like we slipped into an alternative reality and mm. suddenly we've been woken up. 
Yeah, and and thank God. Um, I also think um, it was interesting Camilla Harris's victory speech in which she sort of talked about her mum, because she's from a single single mum. She was raised by a single Mm mum, and uh, her mum's from India. Yeah, and um, she was an immigrant. Yeah, and and how you know she was. I think she was a scientist as well, and so um, I think it's really interesting to see you know these powerful black women creating change and doing amazing things and she said in her speech today um that you know this is this is achievable that this can be done and that women can bring about all this change and make make a huge difference which was something that broke my heart when hillary gave her concession speech Mm. and it's now you know she it's her pinned tweet because it was such a viral comment that she made which was you know for all the little girls watching because she knew the the flow-on effect that we're being told there is a ceiling and you can't exceed a certain level of success or achievement and here we have a totally different story just four years later Mm. Uh, it brings a lot of hope and look i don't think that as much as today is about celebration for those of us who want to celebrate and feel relieved and happy by this event i don't think that we can be naive and say like it's as simple as changing party changing president there's no. a lot of complicated stuff which the it, trump presidency it's a good sign yeah it's it's hope mm. it's hope it's the same way i felt when obama uh won uh i was in tears then i was in tears with this mm. election because it signifies hope and what is possible I also think part of the relief and peace so many people are feeling across the world today isn't about being Republican or or Democrat. Um, It's more about the feeling and the knowledge that bullies don't always win and that racism and misogyny isn't always rewarded. And, um, you know, because when people like Donald Trump, who is so divisive, get in power... um, children have questions they say well is is that okay to lie Mm -hmm. because a president can lie Mm -hmm. so how do you raise children when you have a president on a stage that is setting an example of not only being racist being transphobic being um, misogynistic i mean how do parents justify that to Mm -hmm. children and to tell them that you know it's better to be a good person who who are examples grow up and be a good person you know um bullies are not the answer but you know what would be reality at this moment is that trump got in power how do yeah. you explain that and i think there was there was a guy that um you mentioned on cnn mm. um who gave he, he was quite emotional ben jones yeah so this was back in 2016 when trump uh won the election i remember sitting at work and we actually had a bunch of americans in for the week for a conference mm. and we were all watching the election together and we all started off the day the same way everyone else did being like oh it's going to be a landslide for hillary and increasingly it just looked worse and worse and worse and these guys literally threw their passports in the bin they obviously retrieved them because they had to go home um and i remember finishing off my work day watching van jones on msm i think it's msnbc that he he tends to be on i can't remember um amazing correspondent and reporter uh african-american man and he was really emotional and he was talking about the fact that he didn't understand how this had happened and he couldn't envision going home and explaining to his children Mm. how this could happen and how do parents sit down with their kids tonight and explain how somebody like this can be elected to the most powerful position globally, not just even in America. Mm. And it became the snapshot of our fear and 
total horror of what had happened um, and similarly has put out a far more hopeful clip uh, from some of the coverage from this year, this election with what he was talking about over this week. And that's what he was which saying. Which was a nice, it was a nice uh, contrast to mm. where we were in 2016 and what's possible just four years later. Yeah, because that's what he was saying. He was saying today that, you know, I can finally tell my kids. It's an easier day at yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. To go home to my kids today. Yeah, because, you know, you're not only dealing with that, you're dealing with questions from children and you want to tell them the right thing and you want to say that bullying's bad and being racist and calling people names and, and i think that's the thing like i've had followers reach out to me on instagram and say thank you so much for being vocal and you know i've always said that as much as my i have a role as an as an advocate within eating disorders etc mm. i also am a I'm someone who understands that that's intrinsically linked to politics that mm. you know as a woman, the last four years have felt incredibly depressing. I don't, I'm not a minority in terms of being transgender or, you know, racially diverse, but I can only imagine how immediately threatening and depressing this president would have been. But even for me over in Australia, I've had followers say, why are you so invested in our political process? And it's because you guys are the example Mm. If it can happen there, mm. it can happen anywhere. And for the last four years, it's felt like we've been torpedoing towards the Handmaid's Tale. No, I know. Right? Trying I know. to repeal on the that's most exactly basic what I, rights. That's what I. Ba- that's exactly when I watched the Handmaid's yep. Tale on Netflix. I thought this is every time a season came out, it Trumpism. was like, oh no, we're like a year away from that. I know. So it was terrifying. So to have some kind of faith restored in America mm. is. And for me personally, like, you know, you know that my dad lived there for 10 years and, you know, there's so many reasons why I wish my dad was still here, mm. but particularly today, I wish my dad was here of to course. see this yeah. um, because dad lived in America for 10 years. He worked for the defense department. Mm. He ran their leadership programs mm. um, because he had so much faith in what that country represented. He was so invigorated by America and inspired by America. Mm. And the Trump presidency horrified him yeah. and terrified him. And he was eternally optimistic, even mm. in the face of terminal cancer. He was like, I'm going to be running marathons in a year. Mm. So he had absolute faith that America would uh, be able to turn it around. And I wish he was here to see yeah. this because I literally, like the day before he died, oh. I said to my sister, should I go in and tell him that Trump has like, I don't know, Air Force One's gone down yeah. or something? Yeah. <laughs> she was like... He, even in his state, will call bullshit on that. Don't do that. He'll be like, oh, Trump's still president and my daughter lied to me just before I died. Um, So, you know, I have a real affinity for America because that's Mm. where my dad lived. It's where he died. His ashes are there. Mm. Um, I feel very thankful uh, on his behalf that we can see that there is real hope in that system uh, and that country and what they can exemplify for the rest of us. Mm. Mm. I also, um, I actually was just reading there as well that um, Camilla Harris was wearing a very beautiful white pantsuit. Oh, she looked fabulous. And, um, and she was wearing um, the American flag emblem on it as well. But I just read there that apparently white is symbolic of the suffragettes in mm-hmm. the United States. Yep. So that was Hillary Clinton used to wear white really, pantsuits too. Yeah, really yeah. interesting um, that sort of everything That's that they do, message. including what they wear. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was interesting that um, not one of them mentioned anything about Trump in terms of there was no stab, there was no 
Um, there's no even innuendo or good old Michelle read Obama when the they lines. go low, we go high. Yeah, yeah. and um, and so I thought that was really interesting too that they just sort of thought, you know what, let's just get on with it. It's yeah. done. We yeah. don't need to wallow. We don't need to say there's actual work to do. Exactly. Like we actually have to read the briefings we're going to be given unlike someone who's been in that office for the last four years who refuses to even read Mm. how nice to know that the leader of the free world will actually read Mm -mm. the things put in front of him exactly even that alone i feel feel more secure yeah in the future of the western world Um, I don't think, um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I really want to know what he will do next, Donald Trump. Like well, I'm sort of we'll be keeping an eye on wondering. it. Wondering. He also said that he would leave the United States if um, Fabulous. Biden came Just in. Just don't so, come here. Just yeah, don't come here. I mean, we can't. We, can't we don't want to wish him here. on any of you listening from wherever you are in the he world, open but a, just don't come here. He might open a Fox News bureau in Australia. <laughs> God, heaven forbid. But I mean, the tide has, I mean, it's been... Too, uh, not too late. They did it at the right time. But, you know, Facebook and Twitter have been stepping up in terms of Twitter bringing in that mm. new policy whereby they put, they don't, you know, take the tweet down, but they do put a caution over it to say this tweet likely contains inaccurate information. Steve Bannon on Facebook, he did a Facebook live stream a couple of days ago in mm-hmm. which he stated that, you know, in the perfect world, Dr. Fauci, who's obviously leading america hopefully out of the COVID crisis and should be beheaded he was banned from facebook and he was banned from twitter permanently and look and and even the media cutting away from uh trump's press conference two days ago where Mm. he would you know i think they listed six lies that he told in there about mail uh, voter fraud mail fraud etc and the major networks just cut away and said none of that's true and we're Mm. not we're not going to air it because it's just it's unfounded there's absolutely no evidence to support anything he's saying i wish they'd done it four years ago right. i wish they'd done it on the campaign trail i wish they'd done it during his presidency a little too late mm. but at a time when it clearly really mattered also what i found interesting this week which i read was uh 700 COVID deaths mm-hmm. have been linked to trump rallies during this election campaign so 700 deaths um and, that's, and i would say that's a fairly it's a lot of people number, yeah right yeah because their contact tracing isn't great no and the amount of people who um would have got covid from those rallies as well and passed it on to other people and just to close out i want to share the most important statistic mm-hmm. um the most important reflection of the uh, 2020 election, which is that Miley Cyrus's party in the USA has entered the top 200 on iTunes for the first time in many years. Oh, yes. Thrilled for Miley. Yeah. Thrilled for all of us. Because what a tune. Love that for us. Yep. Might jump off now mm. and pop it on and yeah. blast it and have another glass of sparkling. Sounds uh, good. So that's a nice indication that hope is restored. We're even willing to embrace 2008 Miley. I know. I know. There you go. And um, I also, just quickly, Trump supporters dancing to YMCA during the rallies. What was that about? It's about the clear indication that they have no depth of understanding no. of how ironic most I mean, of their behaviour is. They do realise it is linked to the LGBTQI community, which Trump doesn't really like either. One of many people he doesn't like. I just, they're just, I just Honestly. can't wait to be 10 years away from this period and looking back and going, what the hell happened? Mm. I mean, it's felt like that every day for the last four years, but just to get far away enough from it and go, 
what happened? Mm. And I hope that we always hold this period to account as much as it deserves to be and the individuals who behave the way that they did. I hope we don't forget. We tend to have done that with um, George Bush Jr. Mm. And we all think he's really adorable now. Yeah. He wears ponchos and paints and we forget about the Iraq war. Yes. Um, but yeah, I hope that we don't forget what can possibly happen when uh, the scales are tipped in a pretty terrifying direction. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I've never been so thankful for compulsory voting. No, no, and also... To yeah, be Australian. Just, I know, yeah. I know. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. Yeah. Um, if there's any sort of unrest or anything or things start to just move on. Yeah. I think everyone just wants everything to just move just exhausted. on. Yeah, which, I, like I said, I think the drawn-out nature of this week has probably worked in everyone's favour, that everyone's mm, like, exhausted. it's time for a sleep. It is. It's time for yeah. a long sleep. Probably not the best podcast then to listen to on a Monday morning, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing a coffee can't fix. <laughs> <laughs> Find a meeting room at work and yes, have a nap. That's exactly. what I used to do. And now I just sleep at home at three o'clock and every afternoon for 45 minutes. I know. How but the, the joys of working from home. I can't sleep at my desk at work or at a crime scene. So anyway. <laughs> You'll find an alley somewhere, yeah, doll. I have exactly. so much faith in you. So guys, thank you so much for joining us for this, you know. Historic day. Historic podcast episode to be able to chat about something that's literally just happened so happy to have you with us we'll be back next week with god knows what episode because we do need a nap and yes and send through any ideas or topics you're interested in we can talk about or anything at all yeah fabulous all right doll i'm gonna go and have a nap can you leave now bye bye